Ah, motherhood. One minute, your mom of the year. I love you, mommy. Then the next? Mm, not so much. From bath time to bullying, from potty training to puberty, parenting is full of challenges. But one thing is for certain, you are not alone. Welcome to Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, author, mother, parenting expert, Tara Clark. Join me while we tackle today's Modern Mom Problems. Welcome back to another episode of Modern Mom Probs. I'm your host, Tara Clark. Today's topic is conscious parenting, and I'm joined by Peg Sadie, who is a trained psychotherapist and resilience coach. She's a wife, a mother to two boys, and the host of the Resilient Mom podcast. In her practice, Peg helps modern moms create more calm and intentional lives. Peg, welcome to the show. Hi, Tara. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have you because this is one of my favorite topics to talk about. So as I mentioned, you are a trained psychotherapist and a resilience coach. First of all, I love the concept of a resilience coach because I want to talk about that a little bit. So you help parents live more intentional lives. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today. Sure, absolutely. Well, it's a little bit of a nonlinear journey. So being formally trained as a psychotherapist, I always knew I wanted to work with kids and families. So I did that originally, both in private practice and in a school setting, working with special needs kids in a private school. Love, love, love working with that demographic. So when I became a mom 15 years ago, two boys, (laughs) almost a decade apart, I've got a 15-year-old boy and he's almost 16 and a six-year-old about to be 17. Wow. I know, it's a big spread. So when I had my first, I unfortunately experienced crippling postpartum depression and anxiety. And even being a therapist myself, I I didn't see the signs. Like I couldn't, you know, no one really prepares you for what that's going to feel like. Is this normal? Is it, I'm exhausted, but of course I'm exhausted. I'm not sleeping. I'm breastfeeding around the clock. I'm isolated. I'm at home. I'm not working. I'm not around my friends. I don't have the support. I didn't ask for help. So, and what I like to say is it's a lot of times difficult to read the label from inside the bottle. That's exactly what happened to me. And I let it linger and I waited. It was almost a year till I got professional help. So at that point, it was really bad, really dark, and it took me so much longer to recuperate. And during my healing journey, I felt like there was a missing component to talk therapy and medication. You know, those were the only options back then, really. There wasn't that much support. Social media really wasn't a big thing. And although I truly wholeheartedly think therapy is so beautiful and can be so healing and essential in our growth and self-discovery, it has its limitations. And what I felt was lacking was a sense of community, especially with dealing with motherhood and the isolation and feeling alone in our journey and that lack of connection, because there was a shame and stigma back then as well with caring or having any kind of mood disorder, especially around postpartum depression. And I, and I think even to this day, because we think, 
well, we have this beautiful, healthy child. I should feel so blessed and I should be so happy because everyone else is telling me I should be. Oh, you must be so excited. You must be so happy. And you're like, um, not really. And so I kept it all to myself. It took me over almost a decade to really share my journey and my experience. And now I, I share it with whoever will listen. And what I did was out of that struggle, out of that experience, I decided I wanted to shift my focus from psychotherapy to coaching, specifically resilience coaching, because when you go through a major trauma like that, your resilience gets reduced, gets lowered, your threshold, and then you're still having to deal with all the day in, day outs of motherhood, and the tiniest stressors, the tiniest things will start to trigger you. And it just gets worse and worse. It can become, you know, cyclic. So I knew there had to be a more holistic approach outside of talk therapy and medication to really help women feel like themselves again. And I figured it out on my own with lots of trial and error. And I wanted to kind of close that gap and bridge that gap between talk therapy and thriving for moms and create programs and content so moms don't feel as alone. And the main component is the community and the holistic approach, which takes into consideration mind, spirit, and body, which a lot of times talk therapy, you know, and all the time <laughs> medication does not. So, but and my programs are not just for moms that experience depression. It's really any mom that has been struggling with overwhelm, stress, and anxiety, which we all know motherhood is a lot <laughs> all yeah, the time. It's a lot. Anyone who says otherwise is lying. <laughs> <laughs> totally true. <laughs> so like, how do you build up resilience in a mom? That's a great question. So uh, now one of the first things I, there's lots of ways, but one of the first things I address with my moms that come to me that are struggling is we do what's called a self-care audit and an energy audit. And we look at the, the six pieces of the pie, you know, your environment, your relationships, your psychology, you know, your, your thought process. Are you having negative thoughts? Are you connecting with other people close to you? How's your career? You know, do you feel like your own path with your goals? How's your environment? Is it stifling you? Is it cluttered? Is it, you know, all these little things contribute to reducing your resilience. So, and then you start to kind of drown in them because you don't know where to start. So once you kind of do an audit, you can just focus on one little pie at a time and we just create micro habits. So say if you just like, like I'm someone who's really, I'm a, empath so I'm highly mm -hmm. sensitive to my surroundings so same same <laughs> really yes so and so many of the moms I work with are and I just I'm I find it very difficult and you'll know immediately if something's going on with me if you come see my house <laughs> if little piles of things start to add up or like things aren't as they should be that's a direct reflection of what's going on in my mind so I know when that is happening for me I and, and sometimes people think, I heard someone say once, you have to get your mind right first before you get your environment right or other things. And I think it's the total opposite. I really think starting with 
tangible things that are simple and easy to do can really be that catalyst to shift your mindset and start getting you out of that feeling of like helplessness or overwhelm. It really creates this positive momentum. So, but yeah, building your resilience is a series of things, you know, cutting out toxic people out of your life. Are they draining your energy? Do I make time for myself? One of the first questions I asked my mom is, where do you create space for you? Like, and I'm not talking about, <laughs> you don't need a two hour morning ritual. You don't need to get up at five and do all that. Right, right. But you know, even if it's going to bed 15 minutes early, grabbing that cup of tea and reading a chapter in your favorite book, like these little things are really important. And as a mom, we're so, we get so in the routine of simply taking care of our kids, taking care of our families, feeding, bathing, making sure they have everything for school done. And then we slowly kind of lose these pieces of ourselves, like our passions, our hobbies. And we don't realize what an emotional toll. It's like chipping away at our life. I call it like death by a thousand paper cuts. We don't even realize it's happening. It happens really slowly over time. And we, <laughs> we bleed out. We're just like, oh my gosh. And this term, fill your cup, fill your cup, people say it all the time, but what does that even mean? So what I do is I break that down for moms and kind of show you, this is how you do it. And it's not going to be the same for every mom, you know, like my idea of self-care and building my resilience is going to be completely different than somebody else's because of how I function. I'm an introvert. I'm an empath. I need a lot of alone time. <laughs> you know, someone else may be like totally opposite. They need to go out. They need to hang. They need to socialize. So it's really important to have that introspection and self-reflection and kind of understand, get back to who you are and kind of what you need to increase that resilience. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm sorry. I, I went on a, like a tangent on that one, but I really wanted to hear that because I was genuinely <laughs> curious about building one's resilience because I, I think so much of that is true. You know, moms in, are pulled in so many different directions, whether it's our jobs or our children or our spouse or our own parents. And so then sometimes we're not really able to reflect and take the time to be like, who am I? You know, what are my desires? What really gets me up in the morning aside from our children? But like, you know, <laughs> right? what, what drives my passion? And I've noticed too, and I have, I have to say I'm pretty lucky is like, as my son is getting older, cause he's nearly 10 years old, I am able to carve out more time for myself than when he was younger. And I'm sure that you can agree because your children are older as well. Yes. So especially the, the oldest one <laughs> is older. And so that, you know, you, are able to carve out that time, whether or not it's sitting on the couch next to your child while they read a book and you read a book and everyone could kind of have their own sort of parallel play together, right? I think that's a big difference from when you're raising toddlers and infants. Oh, exactly. And I call that young stage that like birth to three, I call those the survival years mm -hmm. and your self-care at that point, which I get moms on all ends of the spectrum, you're, it's going to look drastically different than say someone like me with a six-year-old and a 15-year-old. Like mm -hmm. you're, you know, sleep is going to be on your self-care list. You know, yep. you're not going to be worrying about like journaling and meditating and doing all these things that I feel like societal informational pressures 
people telling you you should do the, all these things where that is just not realistic at certain times in, yep. in motherhood. And I just want moms to understand that that's okay mm-hmm. and to give yourself grace because we hear and we see people exercising, getting their, you know, before kids body back within months and all this stuff. And yep, it's yep. so like, okay, okay, this is not always realistic, people. You don't have to be like, I saw, oh my gosh, it was today. I saw something on social media. It was a photo of a mom. She was, she had like a tiny infant, like a newborn. And it was in one of those baby Bjorns. Mm-hmm. And she's on her spin bike, her Peloton or whatever. And she had something in her sports bra. I don't know if she was breast pumping at the same time. She had like something. Wow. <laughs> yes, girl. And <gasps> wow. then she had she had a little like a shovel. It was a some plastic thing. Anyway, she while she was spinning on her bike and pumping breast milk, she was pushing the baby Bjorn back and forth as she was doing that at the same time. And I guess her husband walked in and videoed her. And, mm-hmm. you know, that she put the clip on social media, but like, yeah. like, that's great if you have the energy to do that and the will to do that. But like, most moms are not going to, right. like, I, I was lucky to just get a shower. And like, I remember putting my baby in the baby Bjorn and he would scream the whole time I was in the shower. Half the time I'd get out with shampoo still in my hair. Yes. <laughs> like, I remember those yeah. days. I I do. I, I don't remember them fondly, but I remember right? because <laughs> it was horrible. Oh. It was really, it was true survival. It was and, stressful. and you know, yeah. when you're in the trenches like that, you think mm-hmm. you're never going to get out of the trenches. I you know. think your child's never going to be six, seven, eight, nine, ten years old, let alone 16 years old, right? You think like, this is it. This is the only <laughs> thing I'm ever going to, going to know. This is motherhood. It's hard, but eventually our kids grow up. And I know. So, so do we. <laughs> I know, especially with the first, because you have no frame of reference. Yes. That's what's hard. So you kind of feel hopeless, like, oh my gosh, this is never going to stop. Especially the, if you're a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. This is the only way I will ever feel forever and forever and for yes. always. Yes. And it's not. The second one is so much easier. I mean, not necessarily easier, but you have a frame of reference. You're like, yes. okay, this shall pass. <laughs> mm-hmm. That you know that you're not stuck in that particular stage for all of eternity. Right. Yeah. So I'm going to shift a little bit now. I want to talk yes. about conscious parenting. Yes. So conscious parenting is a topic that you hear so much about, especially if you're on Instagram and TikTok, you're like, okay, so what's conscious parenting and how does it differ from, and I'm using this in quotes, regular parenting. Right. I know. It's such a hot topic right now. And conscious parenting has been around for quite some time. But, you know, in recently, it's, it's been brought to the forefront by some, you know, pretty notable psychologists who specialize in this, uh, namely Dr. Shafali, who's amazing. But conscious parenting, and this, this is it's, just, it's a mindset shift. So it's really about self-reflection. I know we were talking about that before with building our resilience and self-care, but this truly is about self-reflection and asking the right questions, but not about our kids, asking the right questions to ourselves around our kids. So the most powerful way of connecting with our kids is to feel connected with ourselves, right? to feel, for us to feel fulfilled, for us to feel complete. And I incorporate conscious parenting in my program because I think it's such a vital part 
of our healing and growing journey. There's nothing like having a child to kind of put a mirror up to you mm-hmm. and bring up all your past stuff. Yeah, it absolutely. Unbelievable how they do that to us. And it's like, we can go our whole lives, even our adult lives, compartmentalizing. We're like, I'm fine. I'm resilient. I put all this stuff behind me. I've worked through all this. And then we wonder, boom, we have a kid and we like open up like a crater, these wounds and these traumas for our past and realize, well, what is happening? Why is this coming to the forefront? And that is what our children do. They reflect back to us what we haven't healed in our own lives. So we tend to want to control our kids, tell them what to do and view them as part of us. And the conscious parenting shift is simply just viewing them. And I know you speak to this too as well, Tara, as uh, they're a separate human being, all encompassing with their own feelings, their own emotions. They have the right to have agency over their body, what they want, what they need, just like we want. But we have this antiquated dynamic that we've been passed down from generations previous. You know, kids should be seen, not heard. How dare they disrespect you and this and that. But no one wants to be told what to do. They have, yeah, no one wants to be told that they're Feelings aren't valid. How many times have you told your kid, why are you crying? That's nothing to cry about or calm down. Why are you upset? Can you imagine if someone told you that when you were upset? (laughs) I know. I mean, that's enough to just start a fight right then and there. Right. So why would we talk to our kids that way? So it's really all about reshaping how we interact with them and how that affects who they grow into and who they become and how they begin to trust themselves and learn how to maneuver the world around them based on their interactions with us. Because if they have no sense of self, no sense of agency, if they can't trust to make good decisions on their own and have a back and forth dialogue, Mm -hmm. obviously there are certain things. I mean, you have to brush your teeth. You have to (laughs) go to you have to go to bed on time. I'm not saying like, let your kids run free and wild. I mean, I'm sure there's people that believe that, but you know, within boundaries. So they're just tiny humans and who are we to to deny them their feelings and to validate who they are. So by releasing them, we release ourselves and we make it not about us. We Mm -hmm. make it not about us needing to control them because then they go out into the world one day and they look, they're looking to authority to tell them what to do. They're looking to someone else to tell them, what do I need? And then there's so many of us that are lost for so long thinking, why is it so hard for me to find out what I want? You know, we get into relationships that aren't healthy for us, job paths that aren't fulfilling to us. And it all kind of stems from that innate uncertainty of not like connecting with ourselves. And part of that is based on that. This episode of Modern Mom Probs is sponsored by Sambacol. Fall is right around the corner and you know what that means. Cooler weather, layers, and of course, the kids are heading back to school. Did you check off all the items on that never ending back to school list? New clothes, notebooks, pencils, brand new backpack, the kids want it all. But have you thought about how to help keep them healthy when they're heading back to school? 
That's where Sambacol comes in. My son and I recently started taking Sambacol every day to help support our immune systems so we could keep doing what we need to do. Sambacol is made from premium European black elderberries, which are natural sources of powerful antioxidants and key vitamins like A, C, and E. They help support a healthy immune system and help you power through your day. What's so great about Sambacol is they have tons of different ways to help your daily helping of black elderberry, like syrups, gummies, chewable tablets, drink powders, capsules, and more. They even have products made just for kids. My husband, my son, and I all take Sambacol. We love the gummies. We eat them right after dinner, but before we start the nighttime routine, it's sort of just like a nice little treat and a nice way to end the day. So make a healthy immune system part of your back-to-school strategy this year with Sambacol. My listeners get 15% off their next order of $9.99 or more at SambacolUSA.com by using my promo code MOMPROBS15 at checkout. That's 15% off your order of $9.99 or more at SambacallUSA.com. Use code MOMPROBS15 at checkout. Okay, here's a pro tip. Save this promo code and website address in your notes app. I know you're busy. Too busy to remember a promo code or to sort through episodes to find it again. Save it and use it when you have a few minutes to shop. The code again is MOMPROBS15 and the website is SambacallUSA.com. Gosh, I I never thought about that from an adulthood perspective. You know, I obviously think about that in my parenting practice with my son. And Mm -hmm. as you mentioned, I often speak about, you know, the importance of, of treating children with respect because they are their own people. And I just, I guess I've never really thought about, you know, 10, 20 years down the line, how this is going to play out. I, I could say from, my own personal perspective, like when my son was younger, I was much more of a helicopter parent. He's, you know, my only son and I watched him on the playground and, oh, don't touch this. Oh, watch out for that. All this and that. And once I became more involved with the parenting space and I've spoken to experts like yourself, I've learned so much more about conscious parenting. And so I was really able to tap into my own emotions and check like, why don't I want him to get dirty? Why am I so concerned about him hanging from the top of the jungle gym? All of those things. And once I really pulled back and let go, I often joke about like, be like Elsa, just let it go. Once yeah. I back, my relationship with my son was so much better. And I want to say this was probably around, gosh, I don't even know the dates, but like maybe when he was like six or seven or so, I, like I said, I really pulled back and let him be his own person and, and respect that, you know, and I still work with my husband on that too, because he often has a hard time with it in as much as based upon my son's behavior or actions or whatever, like my husband takes it really hard. And I'm like, like, it has nothing to do with you. Like you and your son are two different people and I love you both very much, but you are not the same person. And he is not a direct reflection of you. He is a reflection of maybe the choices we make, the choices he makes, all of those things together go into it. You know, I let my son grow his hair pretty long and every once in a while then we'll cut it, but then he, he grows it long again. And so that's one of those things where like, he says like, mommy, I like my hair long. I want my hair long. And who am I? to say, no, like 
I wear my hair long too. So we sometimes joke in the house and say like, we have like long hair, don't care. But you know, maybe my (laughs) husband wants him to cut his hair shorter or, you know, maybe like the grandparents want him to cut his hair shorter or something like that. But he has this very cute, like surfer boy look and he likes that and he embraces it. And it's part of who he is as a person. So who am I to tell you like, no, you can't be who you are as a person. You're not bothering anybody. You're not hurting yourself. And so I think it's really important for us as parents to, like you said, like check in with yourself first and then kind of think like, why am I behaving in that way? Why are my actions as such? We could all have long hair in our house. It's okay. (laughs) Exactly. I think it's so hard and you're right. It's all about asking the right questions. And I think as parents, it's our instinctive reflective response to just be like, oh, what does this say about me as a parent? You know, like I remember my oldest has a friend who they they grew up since they were real little, they went to school together and her son would always wear shorts. He refused to wear pants. So even if it was 30 degrees outside, (laughs) we have one of those friends too. He never, and still to this day, he will not wear pants. And recently my son doesn't wear pants anymore either, but he's a teenager. I'm like, okay, you know, it's not, but when they're little, you're like, I can't send this kid to school because you're like, oh my God, all the other teachers, the parents are going to judge me and be like, Mm -hmm. what's this mother sending her child to school in 30 degree weather in shorts? Yes. That's what my mother always used to say to me. I remember, I'll never forget it. One time, I think it might've been like, May or April or May. And I wanted to wear a certain outfit. It might've been shorts. It might've been a skirt. And she was like, no, you can't wear that. Like what would people say? You'll freeze. That's a terrible idea. And I mean, I don't even know how old I was, but it stuck with me. So obviously that was a core memory enough for me to be talking about it now, 30 (laughs) years later. But it's a lot of the worrying about what society will think. And I think that once you sort of shed yourself of those expectations, it's so freeing. And of course, like everyone still has expectations on them, you know, but once you feel confident enough in yourself to say like, hey, I want to wear my hair long or hey, I want to wear shorts. Like, I think that really unlocks so many other opportunities for you in life. Oh my gosh. So huge. Just shedding those expectations. And like you were saying, like sometimes it's hard to get both partners on the same page because they have this rigid idea and belief that their child is going to be this way. And we start that expectation before they're even born, before they they, we've even met them and know their little personalities. Cause like my boys are complete opposites, right? So they totally their personalities. And that's another component of conscious parenting is knowing which child They need to be addressed differently. They're going to need different things from us, different kinds of support. And I, my, I remember my oldest, he was, I think he was in third or fourth grade and we're going to soccer and he'd been playing club soccer since he was three years old. And he was very talented, is very talented. And one day we're driving right after school and he's in the back and he's my introvert. He's my like empath sensitive and he starts starts silently crying in the back and he's like I don't want to go mommy and I'm like why he's like I just don't like soccer anymore I don't want to go he was like eight or nine and I'm like conflicted right so I'm like we've spent all this time and it's club soccer it's energy traveling going you know to practice spend all this money and he's talented Mm -hmm. and we're there it's not like we see what's happening it's not like he's 
you know, nobody's being mean to him, right? Mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. You know, the coaches, everything is great, but he is just not feeling it anymore. So my husband and I were talking about it and, and, and we decide, well, we're going through the pros and cons and we're like, well, you know, if he quits now, do you know how hard it's going to be to get back to the same level because he's going to be behind everybody because everyone starts when they're like three mm-hmm. years old. And, and you know what? I just had to self-reflect in that moment. And thank God my husband got on the same page with me. But I was like, we can't do this to him. He needs to, if he doesn't want to play soccer, he shouldn't have to play soccer. I don't care if he's good. I don't care if he is talented. I don't care, you know, what we've put into it up until now. And we let him quit. And you know what? He started trying different sports. He found what he loved, what he was good at, and what he's passionate about. And now he's going into his sophomore year and he's three season varsity athlete, you know, winning area championships as a freshman, not in soccer, you know, but in Mm -hmm. track and swimming and cross country. And he even went back to soccer in middle school on his own accord. That was right before the pandemic. So it Mm -hmm. shut down, but (laughs) you know, we released those expectations and all we just decided to do was support him in whatever he chose. And we were there for every practice, every, not when they're younger, obviously, but, you know, there for every game, there for every meet. And because I see so many parents like pushing their kids when they're young, and I'm sorry, but your three-year-old doesn't know what sport they want to play for the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. But I see parents living vicariously through their kids. Yes, I see that a lot. I see that more often than I wish were the case. Yeah, it's sad. And the young years are when they should be dabbling and trying everything. That's when you kind of find out like what I really like to do. And he kind of, he played basketball, he played soccer, he kind of discovered that like group sports weren't like, although he still likes them and enjoys them and he's done them, like he really likes, you know, the singular individual sports, Mm -hmm. you know, so, but it's about their personalities, but what they like. Yeah. That's true. My, my son is is very similar. He is also an introvert. He's incredibly empathetic. And also when he was younger, we dabbled in a lot of things, soccer, this and that. He never liked traditional sports. So mm-hmm. he is more of an American Ninja Warrior parkour fan. Ooh, and he like, cool. really excels in that, which fits his personality. It, it fits his temperament. He likes to compete against you know obstacles versus like as a team player. He likes Mm -hmm. to play this game called Gaga, which doesn't have formal teams, but if there was a a Gaga, some sort of, I don't know, an association, he would totally be involved in that. So he's definitely a non-traditional kid. And that we as parents had to come to terms with that. You know, my husband in his mind was thinking like, you know, football, baseball, basketball, Mm -hmm. all of that kind of stuff. And it just Mm -hmm. didn't resonate with my son. And so we had to pull back and let go as parents so that he could find what he loves. And he did. And he, like I said, he really excels with parkour and Ninja Warrior activities like that. So I think that's so important. I'm really glad that you shared that about your son too. Such an important frame of reference. And it's funny that you said that. My husband was the same way originally. He's like, oh, we have boys. We're going to do all these things. And who knows what my second... Like our youngest will end up doing, but because my husband did those, and I'm assuming your husband did too. He, he did, did, yes. Football, baseball, and basketball in oh, high school. So, yeah. In elementary school. So, my, actually, my in high school, my husband was incredibly academic, so he was really just focused on studying in high school, but in elementary school, he played all of those. 
Got it. Yeah. So we, we create these scenarios in our mind about what our kids are going to be and do. Yeah. It's fascinating really. Once, but you're right. Once we release that and focus on them, then it's such a, you see them really blossom. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what are like some simple changes that moms who may be listening right now can take away with them to make them more conscious parents? Absolutely. Something really simple moms can do today is honestly just, you know, like we just talked about releasing our idea of what our kids should be, mm-hmm. right? And then making just a simple statement about who our child is. Like, you know, maybe we didn't anticipate having an introvert child or a child that was defiant or temperamental or is below the curve in ath- academics. Like, you know, I was always good at math. I thought my kids would be good at math. <laughs> my oldest is not his forte, love his heart, you know, yeah. but he's good at other stuff. Love science. So just, you know, making a simple statement that, you know, I accept my child is, or parents that have kids with special needs, you know, mm-hmm. we never anticipate that. So just, you know, saying I ex- accept that my child is different. I accept that my child is quiet. Mm-hmm. I accept that my child is temperamental, you know, finds it hard to sit still, which mm-hmm. is my youngest. He yes. is <laughs> everywhere, all over the place. I understand. Yes. <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> so that is one really simple thing because it's just that mindset shift. Once we accept that and we understand, we can come from a more understanding viewpoint when we interact with them. The second one, which we just were talking about, is simply respecting our child's choices with you know, you don't want to play soccer. Okay. I under, you know, you can ask questions around it, but I understand. And I respect that this is not something you want to do anymore. Obviously they can't choose not to go to school. <laughs> right. But- and trust me, we try on that one or brushing your teeth on those, or brushing those your teeth. Ha- hard line things we have to do. Exactly. Let's face it. We're still parents. Their well-being is, you know, our responsibility. So that's simply respecting their choices, validating our child versus their behavior or achievement. This is so huge. Mm. So I see so many parents, you know, I have been guilty of this myself. We all have, I think, telling our children, oh, you're so smart. You're so talented. I'm so proud of you for winning that trophy or that medal or being top of your class or getting that 100%. Not as often do we, and I believe that we should, focus on intrinsic traits like being kind, being generous to their friends, working really hard to make it to on the team, even though maybe they sat on the bench or, you know, yep. what have you. It's like really reinforcing that that is the most important part of who they are. It's not these external accolades or achievements. That's one of the biggest mistakes that parents make, I think, as far as becoming more conscious because it can have the opposite effect for kids. So you tell them they're so smart or they're so talented. And what happens is they can become paralyzed with fear of failure because of that. Those perfectionists out there. (laughs) I'm a recovering perfectionist because I was always told, you're talented, you're smart, you're going to do this. You're supposed to go to medical school. You're supposed to do this. Like, Mm It was always achievement, achievement, achievement. Mm -hmm. And so now I struggle with that perfectionism tendencies and 
that fear of failure. And I have to work through that a lot day in, day out. And, mm-hmm. and that could really, and also it narrows your, you don't realize when you're putting that focus on the achievement, it limits their scope of possibility. So they're like, okay, this is where I'm getting all my accolades, but I really like this. But mom never tells me she's proud of me for the artwork that I bring home and show her. But she's super proud of me when I bring the A's home on my math paperwork. So then they be, they shy away from maybe following their passion. They really want to pursue art, but then they're stuck in fear, right? So that is a beautiful way, just validating who they are as, as opposed to their achievements. And the last thing I would share is the same thing we were talking about earlier, Tara, is just asking the right questions about your child. Honestly, do I really know who my child is? Mm-hmm. You know, yes, they're my child, but they're not an extension of me. Mm-hmm. I need to really get curious. I need to know who they are, what they think, what they like, what they want you know, and another beautiful self-reflection question is, am I responsible for any of my child's behavior? Mm, interesting. That's a good all, one. <laughs> right? It's like an aha moment for yeah. so many parents because we often think, oh, when they're bad, that's on them. It has nothing to do with me. And we label them bad, good, you know, smart, what have you. And that's detrimental. So, if you really sit and reflect, because so many times, like, like, it's so funny, like my husband or I will say something to the kids and I'll be like, you can't tell them not to yell if you're going to yell or you can't wear your shoes in the house and then tell them not to wear their shoes in the house. So you can't get mad about these things. But kids repeat what they know and what they see. So they're... <laughs> It's not in a bubble. I remember in private practice, parents would bring their kids to me and be like, fix my child, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, your child is a symptom of what's going on Mm -hmm. right now in your family. This is not your child's problem to fix. Mm -hmm. (laughs) More so, it's coming down from the top. Something Mm -hmm. is happening in the household, some kind of energy shift, something is going on. This is a reactive expression what's going on with this child. Another question is, what about my child could be bringing up my past traumas? You know, like that mirroring effect. And can I create the space within myself to know my child each and every new day? You know, like, how can I get curious every day? And how can I do it? You know, because they grow, they change, their ideas change. So yeah, those are my some of my very favorite questions to get us started shifting into that. I love all of parenting those. mode. I love all <laughs> of those. Good, I wish right? I, yeah, they're so <laughs> good. I should have been taking notes faster than I was. I really, I love all of those. Peg Sadie, you are incredible. Tell everyone where we can find you. Oh, thank you so much, Terry. You're so sweet. Yes, you can find me on my website at pegsadie.com, P-E-G-S-A-D-I-E, just how it sounds. You can also find me on Instagram, my favorite place to hang out. (laughs) My handle is at peg.sadie, S-A-D-I-E. And, or you can email me, hello at pegsadie.com. And I'd love to share a free resource with your listeners, if that's all right with you. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. 
Awesome. And it goes beautifully with our conversation today. It's actually a pretty new resource. So your listeners will be one of the first to get their hands on this. And it's actually a Conscious Parenting 101 Masterclass. Amazing. Yes, I love it. And it's actually the exact same masterclass that I have right now in my membership coaching program, Resilient Mom Academy. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, the first in a series of, I think, six, and I'm continually adding on to that. But this is like the basics. So if you're interested in like going deeper with this and kind of kind of learning about some fundamentals, you can go to my website forward slash links. And I'll also share a link with you. Yes. You can share with your listeners. It's completely free and love it. Thanks, Peg. Thank you so (laughs) much for joining today. We'll talk for having me. You're welcome. We'll talk soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Modern Mom Probs. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive in today's problem with me, your host, Tara Clark. Join me next time when I'll be interviewing another great guest and tackling another modern mom problem. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and a rating. As always, you could head over to Modern Mom Probs on Instagram and give me a follow or check out my book, Modern Mom Probs, A Survival Guide for 21st Century Mothers, available online wherever books are sold. Well, that's it for today. See you next time, folks.